Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. I'd like to welcome you here this morning as well as the gathering. For those of you who are watching across the way, glad that you're here. I'm just really excited about what's going on in our church this month. This past Friday, watch documentary on Dennis Jernigan, and he's coming in concert in a couple of weeks. I, am, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am. I'm not even making that up. I am beyond excited. And I'm also excited about the week after that is we're going to do some baptisms at the lake. And it makes me ask the question that always makes some people ask themselves the question, have you been baptized as a believer? Now, I know some of you have been baptized as infants, and we want to talk to you about that in a nice way. And so we encourage you to come and, and speak with Pastor LeVan. But I'm, we're going to have a lot of people baptized at the lake. I'm excited. My daughter Jordan's going to be baptized. And while we're at the lake, we're going to hear some testimonies. We're going to have some more time for testimonies. It's going to be an exciting time. So if you want to get baptized, uh, come meet with Pastor LeVan and talk it through with him. Today's sermon is extremely important. Uh, it may not seem important to you. It may seem kind of peripheral. You, you, may, you may wonder why I'm getting so uptight this morning. You may wonder why I'm getting so passionate and zealous about something to you. may not be that big of a deal. But I'm telling you, it is a really big deal. And I've seen way too much to be quiet. So if you know, you'll see what's going on here in a little bit. But we're going to talk this morning about something called Mission drift. Mission drift. It's when an organization drifts from its original purpose. There's even a book written about it. It's called Mission Drift. Let me show you that book. Mission Drift, the unspoken crisis facing leaders, charities, and churches. Let me show you how this works. Ever heard of Harvard University? Maybe. Originally started so that people can know Christ and to train pastors. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sending my kids to Harvard to know Christ. And my sons who want to be pastors, I'm not thinking Harvard University is the place to be. You see it? Mission drift. How many have heard of the YMCA? Yeah, YMCA? In the past, they sent out 20,000 missionaries to go and proclaim the gospel all over the world. And yet, when I think of YMCA, I think of a great place to exercise. Mission drift. And what can happen in organizations can also happen in churches. I've only been in ministry for over 20 years, not very long, I was a district superintendent up in Chicago, which means I oversaw a variety of churches. And even in my short time of ministry, I have seen churches drift. And it's often the churches, they don't think they're about to drift, and yet they drift. 
you may think, uh, it's going to take a while for drift to happen. No, drift can happen quickly. And I believe drift can even happen in our own church. That's why I think it's important for us to remain mission true. Mission true. This is where we're faithful to the original purpose of the establishment. We want to be faithful to Jesus Christ who established this church. We want to be faithful to the great commission and the great commandment. We want to go all around the world and make disciples of the nations. And we also want to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. And we want to hold true to God's word. We do not want to drift. We want to remain mission true. And yet if we're not careful, I'm telling you, if we don't remain diligent, will drift. That's why this morning, I want us to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and his mission for us. And I want to make sure we're moving in the same direction. And part of that unity we put on display today as we go through the passage, and then we're going to conclude by taking the Lord's Supper together as a unified body of Christ moving in the same direction remaining mission true. So that's the way we will conclude. The Bible is full of examples of mission drift, but let's try to stay a little positive today and look at an example of mission true in the book of Joshua. The Israelites are on the brink of entering the land of the promise and they are led by Joshua. After hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt and 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they are about to enter the land. There's a problem. The land is filled with treacherous people. But don't worry. As we're going to say over and over again, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. All they have to do is be strong and courageous and enter the land. Last week we saw the vision of entering the land, the command to Joshua, and this week we're gonna see Joshua communicate it to the people. And as we're going through this passage, I wanna see the competing ideas of mission drift and mission true. So let's start with Joshua chapter one, look at verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. Joshua is commanding the governing officials to get the people ready to cross the land. They've been here before, right? So think about this. God promised to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you a land, a people. So here they are finally on the brink hundreds of years later to enter the land. And after in Egypt for hundreds of years and after wandering around the desert for 40 years, now it's time to focus on the main point, the main mission. It's time to remain mission true. All of us can come together. And the main thing is possessing the land, possessing the land the Lord your God is giving to you. Which brings us to the first indicator of mission true. Mission true is keep the main thing the main thing. And mission drift 
is forget the main thing. So what's the main thing here? Well, the main thing here is to possess the land. It was a promise from God, and all they had to do was possession. Joshua has been here 40 years earlier. Remember that? Remember that? Joshua was one of the spies of the 12 and went out and investigate the land and only he and Caleb brought back a good report and the people said, no, no, this is too scary. And they were disobedient, right? And then they wandered in the desert for 40 years. So Joshua has been here before. The previous generation was faithless. And do you remember what happened to them? Remember? They died. That generation died in the desert. They were faithless and God shut them down. They couldn't move forward until that generation died. That's, that's scary, isn't it? There's an old pastor at Moody Church. His name's Warren Wearsby, who actually went to be with the Lord this week. Warren Wearsby. This is a quote from him. He says, It's unfortunate, but true, that sometimes the only way a ministry can move forward is by conducting a few funerals. <laughs> That's encouraging. <laughs> then he says that he knew of a pastor who pleaded with his board to build a new educational building because their Sunday school was exploding. And there was a guy on the board who said, over my dead body. No joke, a few days later he died. And they built that building. Wearsby goes on to say that when we get older, something happens and we turn into sanctified obstructionists. Sanctified obstructionists. Any, anybody here sanctified obstructionists? <laughs> You're like, yeah, me. Yeah. It's like, you have some sanctified reason why we cannot move forward and you want to put a halt to things. And it's typically, weird, we says, the older people. But let me tell you this. Guess who is old in this story? Joshua. He's 80. And he's leading a bunch of millennials into the land. <laughs> Joshua is the one leading the way. He commanded them to stay mission true and to take the promised land. Now, I want to do something really quick. I don't do this often. I do it about twice a year, maybe three times. I want to take a sermon time out. Can we do that? Sermon time out. All right? Sermon time out. When we talk about remaining mission true to the word of God, remaining mission true to the gospel, remaining mission true to the Great Commission, remaining mission true in our church does not mean the same thing as mission tradition. Some people think mission true means no change ever. We will never change in order to remain mission true. That is not the case because you know what that's called? That is called blockbuster video. When's the last time you've been to a blockbuster video? Yeah, there's one left on the planet. They failed to adapt and change and they got shut down. And if we're not careful, we can get into this blockbuster video mode to think mission true means we will never, ever change. But I have seen churches remain true to the word of God and change and impact the society. And I've also seen churches remain true to the word of God, refuse to change and die. 
Do not equate mission true with no change ever. Because we change to impact people with the word of God and the gospel of God. We want to remain mission true and on mission. All right, time in. Let's go. Back at it. Verse 12. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the, remember the word which, the Mo, which Moses, servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross before your brothers in battle array, all your valiant warriors, and shall help them. until so the Lord gives you your brothers rest. And he gives you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. What is going on here? Twelve tribes. Right now we're talking about two and a half tribes. They were allotted land outside the promised land. Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they have a lot of cattle and livestock. And back in the day, they asked Moses, hey, we got all this cattle. This land looks good right here. Can we just settle here? Would that be okay with you? And there was a lot of contention, but finally Moses conceded and said, okay, okay, I'll let you settle outside the promised land, but on one condition. When it comes time for us to go into the land, you have to go with us to fight and take the land, then you can go back to your land. Joshua recounts the whole history and exhorts them to follow through, which brings us to the second idea of remaining mission true. Mission true is about the kingdom, and mission drift is about many kingdoms. Mission true is about the kingdom, Mission drift is about many kingdoms. So right here, the bigger picture of the kingdom of Israel, taking the land is the priority, not the preferences of each individual tribe. Let's make it even more theological by saying that the greater goal, according to the passage here in verse 13, the greater goal is for God to give them rest. Also in verse 15, that the Lord your God will give your brothers rest. It's a theme in the Old Testament, rest. Rest from the threat of enemies and rest in the inheritance. And, and this idea of rest in the land foreshadows the rest we have in Christ as we rest from our works and ultimately rest with him in heaven, our inheritance. Once again, it's a kingdom focus. All need to be on board for them to enter that rest. When a church drifts from the bigger picture of the kingdom, sometimes you will find that many kingdoms are at play. I don't mean many, I mean many kingdoms are at play. And what is happening is that you have the proverbial tail wagging the dog. And this happens in a church when one particular ministry demands to rule the day and have everything revolve around it. And it's good that we have a church full of passionate people 
who equally are passionate about their particular ministry, but you have to always be careful in churches to not let one particular ministry hijack the church and take it off course, just like these two and a half tribes could have done. Think about it this way. If a church has a Christian school, I don't know if any of you have come from churches that had Christian schools, but sometimes the Christian school can rise up to a point where they can say, we are the main point of this church. And there can be distractions and divisions. It also can happen when churches have a warming shelters or soup kitchens or crisis pregnancy centers. All of these are great, but they cannot turn into the main thing and distract from the kingdom. You see, the two and a half tribes can't be the focus. It can't be about power groups or ministry teams that are the overriding focus. The church must not drift into many kingdoms, but keep the priority of the kingdom. The kingdom of God going out, the gospel being proclaimed, and a variety of ministries must be the main point of the whole church, even when people are passionate about their own ministries, to the glory of God. Now keep going. Verse 16. They answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you commanded him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. All the people are on board, including the two and a half tribes. They say, we will do whatever Joshua commands and we'll go wherever he sends us. And if anyone disobeys us, they will put to, be put to death. And just as we obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Be strong and courageous. This is a beautiful moment in, in Israel's history. <laughs> I mean, if, you've got, if you have any backstory on Israel, this is pretty amazing. They all have this unity. They're ready to go and take the land. They're, they're tired of wandering in the wilderness. And this brings us to uh, the last beautiful picture that mission true, leaders and people in sync, while mission drift is leaders and people divided. Do you see here? The people are on board and they're ready to roll with Joshua. So they're in sync and on mission. And we shouldn't take this for granted because 40 years later, the leaders came back, only two of them had a positive report, and then the people and the leaders clashed, and they wandered in the wilderness for the next 40 years until that generation died off. A church will flourish when the leader, the variety of leaders and the elders are in sync with the people and are moving in the same direction. And one of the worst combinations in church is when the people don't trust the leadership and the leadership fears the people. And when you have a church like that, stagnation results, drift occurs, and the church goes nowhere. So you have the people challenging the leadership and questioning the leadership, and the leadership spends most of their time figuring out how to respond 
to the people. And there's no trust on either side. And when a church finds itself in that spot, all they are doing is looping in the desert for the next 40 years. And unfortunately, it happens all the time, even to the healthiest churches. But a church is mission true when the leaders and the people are in sync and moving out on the same endeavors, not focusing on the many kingdoms, but on the kingdom, and not forgetting the main thing, but keeping the main thing the main thing. Which brings us to our time of communion. And you may wonder, why do we tie in communion to Joshua? It's because unity is key and division is destructive. And it was the Apostle Paul, as he is exhorting the early church in Corinth about their divisiveness, and especially around the Lord's Supper. This is what, the Paul, uh, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. He says, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The original context is the Corinthians and their divisiveness and selfishness within the body of Christ. They needed to examine their hearts and repent of their sins before they took the Lord's Supper. Because it's not a meal to be mocked because we don't want to belittle the sacrifice of Christ. Before we take this will, we need to examine our hearts. Not just examine our hearts for sin that we're not dealing with, but we want to examine our hearts for disunity, for unresolved conflict within the body of Christ. And we want to ask the Lord for forgiveness and maybe even ask our brothers and sisters for forgiveness. Maybe you're having some difficulties in your small group or your women's Bible study or men's Bible study and you're having some tension with someone that needs to be resolved. Or maybe you have issues with people in this church that vote different than you and you clash with them and so the best way you deal with them is walking way around them. Maybe there needs to be some reconciliation. Or maybe you find yourself to be that person, that person that's always complaining about everything that is wrong with the village. <laughs> but instead of doing that, you complain about everything that is wrong with this church. You need to examine your heart. We need to say, God, is there something in me that is causing tension with my brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you need to ask for forgiveness from the Lord? Do you need to go to someone else and ask for forgiveness? Because my brothers and sisters, if we lack in unity, we're gonna drift quickly. And you may say, well, I don't know of any issues. Well, I don't either. But that's why we wanna keep examining our hearts and our minds to keep it that way. To be a unified body in Christ that keeps moving out on mission together. So before we take the Lord's Supper in here and before they take it in the gathering, let's go to the Lord now in prayer and examine our hearts and talk to God. Let's pray. Father, may we not play games with you. 
may you humble us. May we find forgiveness in you for the anger or bitterness we may have toward one another or even hurts we may have. May you continue to unify us as your body of Christ so that we don't drift. Help us to remain true to you, to your word, to your gospel. And right now, as we think about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, and we proclaim him until you come again, unify us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.